I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you have your Bible nearby, I'd love for you to look at this with me. Verse 9 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he has not another or another person to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. And how can one be warm alone? And the answer is they can't. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And then this classic statement from Scripture from the wise man Solomon that has been used in multiple contexts, but it's literally in the context of friendship. And here's the statement. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Now, obviously, we know a cord of one strand is easily broken. Even a cord of two strands is a little less easily broken, but a threefold cord, when those cords are intertwined, those strands have been woven together. There is a, a word we use now, a synergy in that connection, in that weaving together those strands that have been connected and intertwined together. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't see a more clear picture of a true biblical friendship than these verses right here. I want you to know that one of the huge blessings of the Christian life, one of the great gifts of being a child of God, are friends, people that God brings across our path. We call them faithful friends. We call them, and there's a phrase that we're going to close out with that Solomon uses, and he says, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So when we think about a relational connection, one of the reasons God's given us a local church is to have these connections forged and established and strengthened. I pity people that don't have that relational connection. I feel bad for people because I realize what a huge blessing they're missing out on. Uh, I've known people who I believe... From an outsider's perspective, it seemed like they were trying to live hermit Christianity or solo Christianity where they didn't welcome any friendships. They didn't cultivate friendships. They, they, they almost appeared as if they didn't want anyone intruding into their world. And I want to say this respectfully. Biblically, ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that God intended for other people to intrude into our world? God intended for us to open up our circle and to not just allow other people to come in, but to bring other people in, to establish those relational connections. Yes, for their benefit, but you know what I've learned? I've learned it's not just the one I befriend who is blessed, at least I hope they are, I have so far exceedingly received the blessing and benefit from friendships when I have opened up my life to other people. They've been a bigger blessing to me than I think I ever could be to them. 
And so when we think about one another, how many times in Scripture do you see that phrase, one another? It's interesting that just in the New Testament alone, that that phrase, one another, is found a hundred times. Fifty-nine of those times are specific commands teaching us how and how not to relate to one another. We are to love one another, John 13, 34. This is commanded at least 16 times in Scripture. We are to be devoted to one another, Romans 12, 10. Think about that, devoted to one another. We are to honor one another above ourselves. We are to live in harmony with one another. We are to build up, or the word edify one another, Romans 14, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. We are to be like-minded towards one another. In other words, we are to seek to jump in the shoes or the sandals or the skin of someone else and look at something from their point of view. We are to accept one another. Yes, accept them in all of their flaws and foibles and idiosyncrasies because isn't it true, y'all? We all have them. Aren't we glad that people accept us as we are? That's the kind of friendship and reception we are to give to one another. We are to admonish one another. In other words, we are to verbally challenge and encourage one another. We are to greet one another. There in Romans 16, how many times does the Apostle Paul use the same word over and over and over again? And it's the word salute. (laughs) And it literally means a verbal hug. We are to care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12, 25. We are to serve one another. We are to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6, 2. We are to forgive one another. We are to be patient with one another. We are to speak truth in love to one another. We are to be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4, 32. We are to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We are to submit to one another. We are to consider others better than ourselves, Philippians 2.3. We are to look to the interest of one another. We are to bear or put up with in patience one another. We are to teach and verbally instruct one another. We are to comfort one another. We are to encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 says we are to exhort one another. We are to stir up or provoke one another, not to anger or frustration, but to love and to good works. Hebrews 10.24 We are to show hospitality to one another, just exactly what some of you are doing tonight in opening up your home to someone else and saying, please come over to my house. Let's enjoy a meal and break bread together and fellowship together. We are to, we are to employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. And those things could be spiritual gifts. Those things could be physical, tangible expressions of care and concern and kindness. Uh, it could be monetary gifts. We are to 
clothe ourselves with humility toward one another. We are to pray for one another. James 5. And one of the things we're going to do before we close, we're going to encourage you to pray with and for each one in your home tonight. We confess our faults to one another. We are not to lie or be dishonest with one another. We are to stop passing judgment on one another. We are to, uh, it, it, the scripture says, if we keep on biting and devouring one another with our words, God said in Galatians 5.15, we will be destroyed by each other. And then he says, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another, Galatians 5.26. And then he says, do not slander one another, James 4.11. And then in James 5.9, he says, do not grumble or complain against one another. We do all this because in a real sense, ladies and gentlemen, we are members of one another, Romans 12.5, Ephesians 4.25. We are joined to one another in one body, that being the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are brothers and sisters. It matters not what background, what ethnicity, what socioeconomic diversity we have with, from one another. We are one in Christ. And God says, I've raised my people up to show to this world what one body looks like. Praise God for relational connection that we have with one another. So as we close, do you understand what is being said by these commands and this admonition? It means we need one another. I need you. As bad as this sounds, you need me. And we need one another. We need one another's support. Support means, it means I say to you, I'm here to help hold you up. We need one another's accountability. Accountability says, I'm here to help you do right. We need one another's prayer. Prayer says, I'm here to bring you your name and your needs before the Father in heaven. And then we need one another's friendship. And true friendship says that I am here for you when the rest of the world walks out. Do you see the common denominator in those four elements and those four statements? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for you. And we're here for one another. Proverbs 17.17 says, A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. And then Proverbs 18.24, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. And can I tell you, friend, I'm glad I know who the ultimate fulfillment of that statement is. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're viewing tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I beg you right now to say yes to him. Tonight, if you are saved, you are surrounded right now 
by others. And I want to beg you and I want to exhort you in the name of Jesus. Let's as one mighty army, not just in these days of uncertainty, not just in this time when we are out of pocket relationally, but all moving forward and for the rest of our lives, let's be as intentional as this book is about connecting relationally with others that God has brought across our path. I encourage you right now, you have a time of prayer right there in your home with whatever, whoever is with you. And may God help us in these days to rise to the occasion as the church of the living God. I love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.